Good morning. You ready? We are going to be wrapping up this series today called Help from Heaven. Would you tell your neighbor we all need help? Just tell him we all need help, okay? Yeah, we all need help. Let's just, let's just break down. I mean, let's just, you know, break down the walls of defense, okay? We, we all need help, neighbor. I, I told my uh, pastor friends on Thursdays, Thursday at Starbucks, we, we were talking, and we were talking about how we, the cliches that we say, you know, t- tell your neighbor, tell your neighbor, you know. And, and so I said, have you guys ever heard this one? I go, poke your neighbor in the eye and tell them we walk by faith, not by sight. <laughs> and I thought, and they, no, they, none of them had heard it before. I said, I said, go ahead and use it. I won't use it in my church, but go ahead and use it in your church. <laughs> so we have been looking at last Sunday. Was, wasn't that powerful? I mean, Peanut and the chicken nugget just delivered a powerful word on how our praise brings help from heaven. That was powerful, based on Second Chronicles 20. And uh, we've been focusing on how God wants to help us. He wants to help us from heaven. He wants, And in fact, Jesus said that He would send, the Father would, another helper, speaking of the person of the Holy Spirit, and He would abide with you forever. And, and so that implies that we need help. And aren't you glad that God has not left us helpless For us that follow Him, we have the guarantee of a 24-7 helper. And so we've been looking at the different ways the Holy Spirit helps us. He helps us to pray. He helps us in the crisis of life. He helps us in the challenges that we face in life. And this morning we're going to look at, as we wrap up this series, at another promise from the Word concerning the way the Holy Spirit will help us. And I want to read out of Nehemiah chapter 9 and verse 20. Nehemiah chapter 9 and verse 20. In this passage of Scripture, you will see a recounting of the the work of God or the work of God for His people, Israel. And how throughout their history, their wilderness wanderings, God had helped them. And so, in this whole chapter 9 of Nehemiah, it's a recounting of God's ways and His helping of His people. And then in the middle of this recounting, this statement is made, found here in Nehemiah 9.20. It says, you also, speaking of God, you also gave your good spirit to what? Instruct them. You also gave your good spirit to instruct them. So God has given us help from heaven through the Holy Spirit to give us instruction. To instruct us or to guide our lives. Now, the Hebrew word sahal for the, the word instruct, it, con- it contains the following meanings. It means to have insight, wisdom, understanding, to prosper, successful. And so you see the connection between God's instruction and our progression or our prosperity. The Bible is saying that God through His Spirit will give us instruction in order that we can experience prosperity and success in our lives. So God will give us instruction. And if we heed that instruction, if we accept and embrace His instruction, it will lead to our lives prospering and becoming truly successful. Now, as we think about getting instruction from God or getting guidance from God, I want you to think about how people go about to seek guidance from God. You know, some people go after guidance from God through signs. 
They're looking for a sign to confirm God's guidance in their lives. You know, like a falling star or a, a chance meeting uh, between people or even something in a fortune cookie. You know how when you're really desperate for God to speak to you, you some of you have done that. Huh? I know you have. You're, you're like at your Chinese restaurant and you're so desperate for a sign from God. You're like, God, I, I know this may seem weird, Father, but I, I need you to speak. I'm, a, I'm in such a desperate need for a word. Speak to me through my fortune cookie. Now, may I, I, I'd like to make a suggestion that this, this, this should be in a fortune cookie. Stop trying to find your fortune in a cookie and go get a job. That would be good, huh? Put that in the fortune cookie. So people, they look for God's guidance through signs. Others through random opening of their Bibles. You know what I mean? Uh, God, I'm going to, I need a word from you. And so I'm going to, I'm just going to randomly open my Bible with my eyes closed. And wherever my finger lands, I'm believing you're speaking to me. Now imagine if you, you decided to do that. And so here's you. You're saying, God, I need a word right now. Please speak to me. And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this, God. I know it's out of the ordinary, but again, I, I need a word. And so you open your Bible with your eyes closed and you put your finger down and it lands on Matthew 27, 5, where it says that Judas went and hanged himself. <laughs> and you're like, God, this can't be you. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, tr- I'm gonna trust you to speak. I'm gonna do this again, but this time I really believe it's gonna be you. And so you do that thing again and, and then boom, and it lands on Luke 10, 37. That concludes saying, go and do likewise. I mean, imagine, imagine. But see, that's the kind of stuff that can happen when we see God's instruction outside of what he's instructed us to do to get his guidance in our lives. Or, you know, you're in a financial strait and you, you need you need to get help financially. And so you say, God, I'm going to do this, this random Bible thing. And I'm going to just open my Bible and wherever it opens. I believe you're speaking. And then my finger lands and it lands on chapter 11. And you're like, yeah, I knew it. You want me to file bankruptcy, Lord? I receive that word right now. I receive that word. But let me tell you, CWC Life family, those aren't good ways to find God's guidance. Now, some of us are like the preacher who was on a diet and he prayed as he drove to work. Now, Lord, if it is your will for me to not have any donuts this morning, you make sure there are no parking places in front of the donut shop. And then later you see the preacher come with the proof that he had donuts. And he tells you, I ate the donuts because there were two places right up front the eighth time around the block. I knew it was God. It was God. I want to encourage you. We, we need to make sure that we don't play the game of making God's guidance fit what we want rather than seeking what He wants to actually take place in our lives. Now, I'm dealing with Beelzebub right now. He's like, what? The Lord of the flies. There's a darn fly that's flying around. <laughs> there, I almost got him there. So those of you that are watching live stream, I'm not dealing with the phantom of the devil right now. It's, it's an actual visible fly around you. So if you see this, I'm not going in the Holy Ghost. It's just, there's a darn fly that won't leave me alone. <laughs> now, how does God want to guide us? 
Well, the Bible tells us he sent help from heaven in Nehemiah 9.20. You sent them your good spirit to guide them. And then Jesus made this statement in John 16, verse 13, where it says, However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into what? All truth. He said, into all truth. You see, what the Word is saying, He's not only going to guide you into the truth as revealed in His Word, He's going to guide you unto the truth as related to His person. He's going to guide you in truth. He's going to, he's going to lead you to come to a place where you get honest with God, honest with yourself, and honest with others. He calls us to live fully in truth. That's why the psalmist said in Psalm 51, 6, Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts. God's ultimate goal through His Spirit is to bring us to a place of wholeness in spite of our brokenness. But the only way we can come to wholeness in spite of our brokenness is through accepting, embracing His truth. Because Jesus said, And you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. But let me state this. Truth is more than a precept. Truth is more than a principle. Truth is a person. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And this is so important because we live in a day and age when, when, when people will say stuff like, well, that's your truth. But according to my truth. There's a problem with that. Nobody can have their own truth and there be an absolute truth. Somebody's got to be an error. But that's why Jesus said, I am the truth. He didn't say, I am a truth. He says, I am the truth. Because he's saying, I am the absolute truth. If you want to know the truth about God, you want to know about his character, his will, his purpose, his plan, look at me. I am the truth. I am not just a truth. I'm the standard in my person, in my character, in what I do. It all aligns with the character of God. He's the God of truth. The Bible tells us. So he will guide us unto all truth. Now, understand, when Jesus made this statement in John 16, 13, he's, when he made this statement, it, it was first applied directly to the 11 disciples as they carried out the work of personally writing or overseeing the writing of the books of the New Testament. But this promise also has a broader application. To all believers, as the Holy Spirit leads and guides them. Now, it says, what will he guide us into? What will he guide us into? All truth. Say truth. Yeah. He, what will he guide us into? Truth. Now, what does Jesus say in John 17, 17? He said, sanctify them through your truth. Your what? Your word is truth. So do we have a source where we can find the truth? We do. Jesus says that God's word is truth. Ah, did you get that? It is truth. You want truth? It's in the word. Now, the follow-up question is, where can we find insight, wisdom, and understanding resulting in prosperity and true success? 
Where can we find insight, wisdom, and understanding resulting in prosperity and true success? God tells us through his words to Joshua. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, God told Joshua, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. In other words, you are to talk about it. Then he said, But you shall meditate in it day and night. In other words, you are to think about it. That you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. Then you are to do it. Then he says, for then, after you're doing it, then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. How many of you want to prosper and have good success in your life? Well, here the word is clear, along with what we saw in Nehemiah 8, 19 or 20, where it says he sent his good spirit to guide them. And, and what for? So that we can come to truth. And what it happens when you and I accept and embrace that truth, we begin to experience prosperity. Prosperity and true success as defined by God's word and understand that the word prosper is also connected to another word in the Hebrew shalom which is the word for peace and that means that through God's word you will prosper you will have peace in your life you will experience reconciliation that word shalom has also been defined simply as nothing broken nothing missing and what we believe is that the God of truth he is able to take our brokenness and turn it into wholeness. And there's a process by which you and I, no matter how broken we are, no matter how messed up from the floor up we can be right now, we can be made whole because the God of truth says, my truth can make you, it can mend you, it can restore you, it can heal you. Mm. And then Romans 8.14 says, for as many as are led by who? The Spirit of God, these are sons of God. But understand, where it says, as many as are led. If you go to back to the original language in the Greek, of the, new, the language of the New Testament, the word led, is, it, 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 it's in the present tense. And so what it's saying is, as many as are continually led. But then there's another connotation associated with that Greek word for led. It means willingly led. God will give us guidance. God will lead us. But only if we want it. Only if we're willing. And he said in Isaiah 118, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But you've got to be willing and obedient. So he will, and, and then the fact that it says continually led. That means that God doesn't just want to lead you to church on Sunday. He wants to lead you Monday through Saturday as you're having to make decisions. He wants to lead you through His truth so that all of your life is being led and lived by His truth. So I want, I want you either listen to the podcast because some of the stuff I'm going to tell you, you're not going to be able to retain. You're going to forget as soon as you go and have lunch this afternoon. So I want you, if you have the podcast app on your phone, go to CWC Dinuba channel and you can hear this message again or go to our live stream on Facebook or our Facebook page in here because I want you to get a hold of this because listen, I don't want you saying, well, the pastor angel says. Because what you're going to discover in this message, this isn't what uh, what Pastor Angel says. I'm going to show you what the Word says. And it's not about what Pastor Angel says. It's what God says. That is truth. So I want to say this to you. Don't take your cue from those who don't have a clue. Don't take your cue from those who don't have a clue. Deception 
through distortion is occurring because we take as gospel what's not even in the gospel. There's deception through distortion that is happening in the body of Christ, in the church of the United States of America today, because some are taking as gospel what's not even in the gospel. God has stated clearly His will and way in His Word. I like to say God has spoken and He has not stuttered. God has spoken and He has not stuttered. Now, some of us, may be able to sympathize with the, with the husband who, who received a call from his wife just as, about, uh, just as she was about to fly home from Europe. How's my cat? She asked. He responded, dead. She replied, oh, honey, don't be so honest. Why didn't you break the news to me slowly? You've ruined my trip. He responded, what do you mean? She said, you could have told me. That he was on the roof. And when I called you from Paris, you could have told me that he was acting sluggish. Then when I called from London, you could have said that he was sick. And when I called you from New York, you could have said that he was at the vet. Then when I arrived home, you could have said that he was dead. The husband had never been exposed to such protocol, but was willing to learn. Okay, he said, I'll do better next time. She continued, by the way, she asked, how's mom? There was a long silence. Then he replied, uh, she's on the roof. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! (laughs) Oh, my, 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 my. Now, CWC, (laughs) life family. Let me be straight up with you. I'm not going to beat around the bush regarding the the truth found in and stated in God's word. I'm not going to beat around the bush. I have people that come up to me all the time. So what do you think, Pastor? And I'll say, look, it's not about my opinion. It's about God's instruction. What I say doesn't matter. If it doesn't line up with his word, he's truth. Amen. Now, whether you know it or not, we've got a cussing preacher who calls himself the cussing pastor in Memphis, Tennessee, who justifies his use of degrading words, stating the words that we use today, like bleep, bleep. And if you were looking at my notes, you would see the emoji with the cuss thing on it in front. <laughs> and he goes, the words that we use today, like bleep, 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 were not used in biblical times. And he says that to justify the uses of the cuss words he uses today, because he says we need to be relevant. But here's what God's word says to that. Ephesians 4.29 says, let no corrupt word Proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. That's God's word. Let no corrupt. And the word corrupt means it it was used of meat that is going rotten. 
Stones that are crumbling, that are deteriorating. It says, let no corrupt word. Doesn't matter if you're in the first century reading this for the first time or you're part of the 21st century church. Whatever age you're in, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for the necessary edification that it may impart grace to the earth. That's God's will for your life. I don't care what that pastor in Memphis, Tennessee is saying. It doesn't line up with the word of God. And as Paul said in Romans 2, let God be true and every man proven a liar. And then you got Madonna saying that Jesus supports women having abortions. Madonna. Here's a problem. God's truth says in Genesis 1, 26 and 27, that when God made man, he made him in his image and in his likeness. He made them. Male and female in his image and in his likeness. Then the Bible tells us in Psalms 139 verses 13 through 16. David is talking about the fact that when I was in my mother's womb, you knit me together. You fashioned, you formed. And he even says, and you even wrote out my days even before I lived out one of them. In other words, you not only intended me to be fashioned and formed in my mother's womb, you intended me to come forth and live a life of purpose. And then God says to his covenant people, Regarding humankind, thou shall not murder. In Exodus 20, verse 11, but there's people that say, but what about Jesus? He said in John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have a life and life more abundantly. You see, I'm not pro-life because I'm a conservative. I'm pro-life because the message of the Bible is that he is for life. He created everyone on purpose for a purpose. And then you got Hannah B on the bachelorette. Disclaimer. I don't watch the bachelorette. She was saying on the bachelorette, she says, Regardless of anything that I've done, I can do whatever. I sin daily and Jesus still loves me. It's all washed. And if the Lord doesn't judge me and it's all forgiven, then no other man, woman, anything can judge me. And then we have in our day and age, you know, only God can judge me. I want to tell people, you really want to go there? You really want to go there? Because when you go in the Word of God, He's already rendered His judgment on different lifestyles. He's already rendered His judgment on different actions and attitudes. He's already stated His judgment. And you're right. Only God can judge you. But if I was you, I would not want God to judge you according to His truth. I would rather say, is there a way for me to experience His forgiveness, a relationship with Him by which I can escape the judgment? The good news is there is. But before we go there, let's go back to Car- uh, Hannah B. Hannah B. Hannah B. This is what I would say to Hannah. Look, 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 look Hannah B. 
Here's God's truth. Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6, beginning with verse 1. You say, I sin daily. We all sin daily. Yeah, we do, we do. But watch. But here's God's judgment. Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Here's God's answer. Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Verse 6, Romans 6, 6. Now, Hannah B., the reason I'm telling her this, even though she's not here, but maybe on live stream she'll watch it, is because she's claiming to be a Christian. This is God's word to Christian. Not, not non-Christian, but Christian. If you're going to claim to be a Christian and say, God's okay with how I'm living, this is his word to you as a follower of his. Verse 6, we know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ. Why? So that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. Yes. Yes, God is a God of grace, but we've misconstrued or we've only shared one part of grace. Grace is God's unmerited favor, his unearned kindness, but it is also his supernatural imparted ability that he gives us without us meriting it, but simply because us being willing to receive it. The same grace that saves is the same grace that will empower you so that the things that used to enslave you, you can be delivered from. And God not only will wash you in his blood, but then he will come and live in you by his spirit help from heaven and that spirit will enable you not have to have to not keep living in the hurts the hang-ups and the habits that are contrary to god's will for your life god is able the god of truth he says i will come and i will set you free and the freedom i give is freedom that is indeed it's true freedom you don't have to keep going back to where i brought you from i can give you my spirit once you accept me and you will be able to dominate and rule over what used to rule your life. Well, 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 well. Hannah B. First Corinthians chapter six, verses nine through eleven. Here's God's word. This is His truth. Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols or commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality. Verse 10, or are thieves, or greedy people, or drunkards, or are abusive, or cheat people. None of these will inherit the kingdom of God. That's God's truth on the matter. That's his judgment on the matter. Those who want to keep on practicing these lifestyles. God says, this is not my will. This is not my way. This is contrary to what I created you for. And then, but watch this, verse 11. Some of you were once like that, but you were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Here's the good news of God's truth. That not only does He call you to live differently, but He, the one that calls you to live differently, He made the way possible for you to be forgiven of your past and then in the present and in your future have the power to live according to His truth. Now, I know, I know there's going to be people, maybe even on live stream, that will say, well, he, that pastor is a hater. You don't know me. You don't know me. I've been connected to people from different lifestyles. And they would tell you that ain't him. He's not a hater. But I'll love you enough to tell you the truth. Because... For me, it's more than about just our relationship here. I want you to be connected to God for eternity. And this is the way it happens. Now, 
Like Hannah B., there's some that will say, well, it's my body. I can do with it whatever I want. Even those that have abortions will say, well, it's my body. I can choose to do. Look what God says in verses 18 and on. Run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Verse 19. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. And then verse 20. For God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. Amen. In the words of John Hagee, truth is not what I say it is. Truth is not what you think it is. Truth is what God says it is. God has spoken and he has not stuttered. Well, what about God's love? God loves us. He does. Look at John 3.16, often quoted. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And then verse 17, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. And some would say, Well, preacher, you're preaching condemnation preaching. You're, you're condemning people. No, I'm not. Because God doesn't condemn, they'll say. But, but listen, listen, listen. I was going to say Linda, but I won't say it. It goes on to say, he who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is what? Already, condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the what? Condemnation, that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. And then John the Baptist makes this statement at the end of John chapter 3 and verse 36. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. And he who does not believe the Son shall not see life. Watch this. But the wrath of God abides in him. This isn't Pastor Angel. This is the first part that we read. Verses 16 through 21. Those are the words of Jesus. Verse 36 is the words of John the Baptist. Watch this though. On the cross, Jesus took the wrath of God. He suffered for our penalty. He suffered our punishment on the cross. The God of love says, I love you. I'm going to offer you a way out from bondage to sin. I'm going to offer you a way out so that you can experience living with me for eternity. It's through my son. And when you come to him, not only will I forgive you, I'll cause my spirit to come live in you so that you don't have to be bound to the life that you lived before coming to me. I will free you from it. And not only will I change your position, not only will now you be in Christ where you're justified. And when I look at you, I look at you just as if you've never sinned. But not only will I change your position, moving you from a state of being known as a sinner to becoming a saint, but I will change your condition. I will transform you 
you day by day. From glory to glory I'll take you. If you'll yield to my truth. If you'll look at my truth. If you'll accept my truth. If you embrace my truth. I will transform you. And I believe that now in the church of Jesus Christ. We need to state the truth. Because like God we love people enough to speak the truth. If I didn't love you, I just go ahead and keep the truth to myself. But you know what will happen? I'll be judged. Because as a preacher, as a teacher of the word, the Bible says, I will have to deal with a more stricter judgment in James 3.1. And I refuse to do that. There's a preacher that I've enjoyed hearing from time past. His name was Adrian Rogers. He pastored in Memphis, Tennessee as well. But he's a good guy. He made this statement, It is better to be divided by truth than to be united in error. It is better to speak the truth that hurts and then heals than falsehood and comfort that then kills. It is not love and it is not friendship if we fail to declare the whole counsel of God. It is better to be hated for telling the truth than to be loved for telling a lie. He continues, it is impossible to find anyone in the Bible who was a power for God who did not have enemies. And was not hated. It's better to stand alone with the truth than to be wrong with a multitude. It is better to ultimately succeed with truth than to temporarily succeed with a lie. The late Billy Graham stated, truth is timeless. Truth does not change from one age to another. From one people to another. From one geographical location to another. Men's ideas may differ. Men's customs may change. Men's moral codes may vary. But the great all-prevailing truth stands for time and eternity. God loves you. Even as you are. But He does not want to leave you where you are. God loves you even as you are, but he does not want to leave you where you are. That's why he sent his son, Jesus. That's why he's given us his truth in the word. That's why he gives us help from heaven and the Holy Spirit so that we can experience the life that Jesus made possible through his sacrifice. Now, let me be clear. Let me be clear. Let's thank you. Let me be clear. We want to help people. That's what we're here for. And we will do our best to help you. We will do our best to walk you through. If there's some things that you realize, wow, this is not God's will, I want help. We're here for that. Because like God, our aim is to lead people from brokenness to wholeness. And you're looking at a preacher that knows what it is to struggle. What it is to want to be free from a habit 
and trying this and trying that and ultimately having to learn it's through yielding to His grace, renewing your mind and understanding your new identity in Christ, and then daily yielding, daily yielding. And through that process, He shapes and forms in us the character of Christ. And so I'm not coming to you as judge and jury and as a a man who feels high and mighty. No, I got feet of clay like you. And as a church, we want to direct you. We want to help you to be able to rightfully relate to people that are struggling, that are bound. Because at the same time, I was raised in church where it was all hell, fire and brimstone but a whole lot of lack of love. And so I want to encourage you, if you haven't already done so, as I encouraged you earlier in another message series, purchase the book called Love Like You've Never Been Hurt by Pastor Jensen Franklin. Love Like You've Never Been Hurt by Jensen Franklin. In there, he gives practical instruction based on God's truth, his word, of how to continue to demonstrate God's love to those that are walking in sin or bound right now. Because I believe that we need to understand that no matter what lifestyle a person is caught up in, they still have in them the image of God. It's just effaced. Not erased, it's effaced. It's been marred. Our job is to see them through the eyes of Jesus and let God use us through His love to reach out to them and to let them know I don't see you as a leper. I see you as someone who can be embraced by God's love. And hopefully my desire is to bring you to know him personally as I do. Amen. And there's another book that I would highly recommend. It's called Messy Grace. Messy Grace. These two books have really helped me in fashioning and forming how I relate to others that are still bound I'm still growing did you hear me I'm still growing and I'm still needing to pray on the daily Lord help me help me to keep becoming more like Jesus amen now I know this isn't one of those but I love this family and I love the world and I love the opportunity to share God's truth because I know when it's embraced, it transforms. And here's the truth. In our state, there is a push to try to silence the church. As I'm on live stream and as I stand before you, and if Gavin Newsom is watching, This pastor will never change his theology. And if you pass laws that say that what I'm preaching regarding God's truth is hate speech, and you threaten that I can be incarcerated, I will never, never compromise the gospel to accommodate and to be in colutes 
with people that are saying, you can't do that. I will never do that. I will continue to stand because I love people enough to tell them the truth. And it's love that motivates me to do it. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. It is truth. And Lord, I just pray today that we, your people, would be committed and do our due diligence to look at what you've stated in your word. We live in a world, in a society, that through media, even through legislative law, is trying to reindoctrinate. through instruction that is contrary to your truth. May we, your people, take to heart what you told Joshua, that we would not allow your word to to stop being talked about in our mouth, that we would not stop thinking about it, meditating on it, reflecting on it, letting it renew our mind as we expose ourselves to it through daily Bible reading. I pray, Father, as I've been praying, that you would give us a hunger for your word so that what we say is not based on our opinion, but based on your instruction. And you have spoken clearly throughout your word. You've been consistent, Lord. And I pray for your people, God, that they wouldn't just say, well, I heard so-and-so say that. I heard that preacher say that. I heard that they would judge as the Bereans did in the book of Acts for themselves. But does it line up with God's word? Is that the whole counsel of God? And if not, they would say, no, I don't accept that. That's not in the Word. That's not God's character. That's not His Word. That's not what He stated in His Word about that matter. God, that we would not take our cue from people that don't have a clue from actors, celebrities, or even talk show host. But we would go back to your word, your word that is truth. We have prayer warriors that are going to come in to this altar right now, and I'm going to invite those of you that would say, Pastor, I want to live according to God's truth. But I need His strength to do so. I need God's help. I want to honor God. I want to live according to His truth. But I need His help. And I told you in this message, we're not just going to point you to the truth. We want to walk you through the process to experiencing the freedom that's in His truth. We want to agree with you in prayer when you need prayer. And then there's some of you that would say, Pastor, I need healing in my body. Well, we believe in the power of healing in this church.
because the Bible says that the Lord is Jehovah Rapha. In Exodus 15, 26, he said, I am the Lord who heals you. The Bible says in 1 Peter 2, 24, by his stripes you were healed. Jesus took the stripes on his back to heal you. And it may be that you not only need, some of you need a physical healing, but there's others of you that need healing in your mind, healing in your soul, healing for emotions, damaged emotions. There's healing here for all of you. You say, I need to be healing, be healed from just, I keep going back to things that I know God doesn't want for my life. Well, God says through Jeremiah the prophet, I will heal you of your backsliding. He can deliver you from that. He can heal you of that as well. And then there's others of you that would say, Pastor Angel, I'm, I want to know how to love people the way God's Word instructs me to. A love that is genuine, that is honest. A love that is living in that tension of grace and truth. I want to I wanna love like Jesus did. Full of grace and yet full of truth. I want to be able to do that. That's you. I want you to come forward right now. If I've expressed anything through this invitation regarding you, you come right now. If you need healing, come for whatever area you come. If you want God to help you to overcome in an area that you know I need this area in my life to line up with his will and way as revealed in his word i want it to happen or there's those of you that say i want to know how to love full of grace and truth you come and i believe the holy spirit is going to empower you we believe it 